we're in a day of constant like uh, a schedule and a routine, right? And this is constant training is the same way. Like you go in for an hour and you think like, okay, in this hour I need to kill myself. But it's, you know, in this hour, how can I get, how can I maximize my body for, for my ultimate goal? If your ultimate goal is I need to work 16 hours to put food on the table for my, for my kids and not be in pain or stress when I'm doing that, it's giving you tools that allow you to access that, right? So some of it's going to be movement, right? A hundred percent. But again, I think that's the, I think that's the bridge. I think that's the bridge towards the, the, the breathing. And then they're like, Hey, you know what? The movement stuff was awesome. I feel great. Hey, the breathing, like mentally, I've, this whole different world, like what else you got for me? And it's like, well, what are you eating? You know what I mean? Well, then how much are you sleep? And then it's like, okay, you built this system of value. Like, Hey, Everything Christian's told me so far has worked. Like, I might as well just try it out again. You know, I might as well just try this new thing out. He said to sleep for eight hours. I might as well try that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, and it's funny because we take it for granted because we're so in the field, but there's so much low hanging fruit that people just have no clue about. You know what I mean? And when that spark happens and that plug turns and they're like, I feel way better, it's over. Like, you, you've done it at that point. You know, you, we've won. to the Offball Podcast. My name is Martin Reeder. I'm a 2012 beach volleyball Olympian, Nike trainer, and movement leader. We have a huge opportunity. And here at the Offball Athlete, we are all about this opportunity. And I believe that it's developing the human being. It's developing human qualities before high-performance qualities. Today's guest is someone who is a leader in this space. He is all about developing the human capacity before we even talk about high performance. His name is Christian Plesencia. He is the director of durability at the Onnit Academy, which is one of the world's leading facilities in unconventional training methods. I actually learned from him a year ago when I took the durability certification. He's an incredible human being and he exudes this beautiful belief and care in people that truly is infectious. This is a special episode. It's well over an hour. Please dig in, grab yourself a piece of paper and a pen because there will be takeaways for you. This is not something that can only apply to 0.001 of the population. This is for everybody. Please enjoy this very authentic episode with someone who I look up to when it comes to human development. So without further ado, may I introduce Christian Placencia. Welcome to the Offball Podcast. Today's guest is Christian Placencia, Senior Durability, Breath, and Recovery Coach at the Audit Academy. What's going on, my man? I'm doing great today, man. How are we doing today, Martin? Beautiful. Actually just came from a, a great lift, really focusing on the breath, focusing on slowing things down and building back the tissues, man. So really, really Hell slow, yeah. conscious repetitions with some weight and then a ton of different Hell stability yeah. breathing cycles. So I'm, I'm actually, I still got a nice little pump on right now. <laughs> nice. Hell yeah, man. That's always a good feeling. Yeah. Hell yeah. So we, we were just jamming before this call. Like it's been a year. It's been a year since we saw each other. And, and for context, I met you at the Honored Academy 
where I flew down to, to Austin, Texas to, to take the durability certification. And in that time, you went from essentially the, the, a junior coach within it, but you got mm-hmm. called up to the stage and I didn't know it at the time, but you came up and played with the big boys and led, <laughs> led that entire cert, dude. So, you know, talk to me a little bit about durability to begin with, and then we'll expand onto the audit Academy and then what you've been up to for the last year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So the word durability is is basically all about, you know, at least in, in, in our scope of practices, understanding that like, you know, injury is going to occur, right? There's going to be something to happen. We're going to land on our ankle a weird way. We're going to come down from a fall, you know, in a weird position. Um, but it's basically just being able to, for me personally, why I say it, when you're getting hurt with those freak injuries, would you rather it be, you know, a six month, you know, complete ACL recovery injury, or would you rather it be a, you know, one week, two week, you know, some mild bruising going on, you know, and you're, you know, you're only out for like half a month. So it's understand that like, Hey, you know, how, how well is our body um, able to with, withstand, you know, that wear and tear that we're constantly putting on our bodies without even realizing it. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's, you know, it's <clears throat> putting the body in, in different positions to making, like you said, it's making you work slow there. It's making you use your breath there, right? It's making you make uncomfortable, comfortable, Right. And in and, and putting those awkward positions, making them their norm for the body. Um, and then and then also, you know, it, it a lot of people think it's more more just like the movement. You know, they think it's just more of, hey, I need to be stretching more. That's what it is. It's, it's basically a stretching seminar, a stretching workshop. That's what it's all about. <laughs> and I think that connects with so many people in the fitness community because it's the easiest gateway. Right. It's like, oh, movement. Cool. Stretching. Oh, yeah, I get that. Like we do that in the beginning and then we do that at the end of the workout. I get that stuff. Uh, but it's so much more, man. You know, it's it's you know, a lot of the practices that you love to embody, man, it's it's connecting and becoming more aware with your body so that, you know, when we are going through our volleyball games, our my you know, my pickup basketball games, that when something starts to feel a little funky, you know, I have that awareness. We have this awareness with our body and understanding with our body that, hey, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't play this last game. You know, the quads tightening up a little bit. I just did heavy squats the last two or you know, two days ago. I understand that I probably reached my limit today. So it is, you know, being able to stay against that wear and tear or ahead of the wear and tear, but it's also helping build that certain level of awareness, that next level of awareness of, oh, I'm feeling tired today. No, it's a little bit deeper, you know, of of what's really going on. 100%. And and something that really accorded well with me, like it hit me in the mind when I was there, was sophisticated movement. And and so originally I went in not knowing what it was going to look like. But then I came out of it going, wow, this is like 21st century yoga. This is very (laughs) – it wasn't – it's not that it's advanced in the sense of like the poses are really challenging. It was sophisticated because everything was so intentional with Mm. regard to rotation, flexion, Mm. extension. And and I came out of it with an understanding of my body that I'd never had before, man. Yeah. And and I I feel that there's a new space in athletic training and professional sports, and and we'll start to vibe Mm -hmm. out on this. But there's a new space for that, and that space is getting bigger and bigger because – People don't really know how to transition their their training with weights, that traditional strength and conditioning, onto the field. And we're seeing more and more yeah. athletes get hurt. So talk to me a little bit about maybe some of the programs that you got going on with, with durability, maybe extending into how you're working with some professional athletes right now. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> so that that's the kind of cool thing about durability is that it's it's on a scale. 
right? It's kind of like strength training, right? It, the word strength training is such a big term. I mean, there's speed strength, right? There's, you know, there's slow strength, there's acceleration strength. There's, there's so many different aspects of the word strength. And I feel like durability is the same way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's, there's this, this continuum of, okay, you know, we've gone hard for the last, I mean, we'll say a, like a marathon runner, right? So I have a couple of people that I get to train that are, you know, doing marathons, you know, that are, that are biking 120 miles, you know, for four hours on a Saturday. And it's just like a normal day for them. And they'll do that three or four times throughout the week. So in that case, you know, so some people that are going so hard for so long will need a really slow day, right? Because the majority of their time is in training is spent going so hard that we need to slow things down for the nervous system, <clears throat> right? We need to allow them the space and the opportunity to really connect and really, you know, there's, there's the adding, you know, the, there's a science aspect, right? There's the adding of the elasticity. There's, you know, the joint mobilization, there's the fluid, there's the exchange of nutrients and that's all great stuff. I mean, and that's stuff that, you know, people really like to hear, but there's that next level again of that awareness. Like, let me, Oh, I didn't know I could put my knee down in this position and it not hurt. I didn't know I could put my foot in this position and get a great, you know, relieving stretch of whatever the heck I'm doing. So, you know, we, have the really slow stuff which i think for a lot of people it's kind of like what you said it's kind of like yoga on steroids like the new (laughs) yoga right it's like oh i've been in this pigeon before oh wow i've never felt a pigeon like this before you know because of the certain level of intention and awareness we're putting behind it you know but then we also have days where it's like uh you know at the honored academy i'm able to teach you know durability classes so it's like a boot camp style class but it's a durability class so it's a recovery class so what we're able to do is you know, I like to meet people halfway, you know, I don't want to give them that slow, stretchy stuff because, you know, the, the, the dogma around general population training is like, I need to go for this 60 minutes. I need to run myself into the ground. You get that. I'm sure you see that all the time. It's like 2000 burpee sprawls until like, I, I got to pass out or I'm thrown up and then cool. It, it, we're going to call it a day. So I try to meet them in the middle of, of their fast paced lifestyle and that slowy down stretch. And I kind of try to meet them in the middle, but you know, at, at the head of every single spot on the continuum is that level of awareness and intention, right? Mm-hmm. And that we're constantly coming back to the breath and the intention. Um, so, you know, for example, for my athletes, right? So for the athletes, you know, a lot of their days are spent, especially like the football guys. I mean, they're just constant, just like pressure going into the joints throughout the season, just banging around the whole time. And then, you know, when they get into the off season, it's, it's definitely not the same thing because obviously there's no pads, there's no collisions being involved, but they're picking up weights. You know, they're throw, they're basically inputting force all throughout their spine, all throughout their tissues, very similar to what they're do- doing during the season. So for them, you know, <clears throat> they need something that's a little bit more, you know, let me connect with you on a personal basis first, right? Let me connect with you on some breathing because – there's a lot of people, especially with the athletes, from what I've seen, their their mental capacity for this stuff is very low. Mm. You know, again, they're they're not going to see the value right away. Right? Why, why talk, do you think that is? Let's about, let's know. pause. Let's 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 talk yeah, about yeah, why. Yeah, why do we think that is right now? Because I'm seeing it as well. It's really challenging. We jammed on this earlier. It's really yeah. challenging to convince somebody that they need to slow down. Mm-hmm. Control their bodies. Learn to control yeah. their environment through their own intentions, how they're Mm -hmm. moving through space. There's so much there, but Mm. what's going on in, in sport culture that where we don't see the value in slowing down a little bit, turning Mm. the intensity dial down a little bit and getting things back for ourselves. What's, what are you seeing down in Texas? Mm. I think, I think there's a lot of things that kind of play into that, you know, in terms of like the, 
the the psychology of it and then just like the physical side of like what is training like what what is training always been implanted in our head right i mean if you think about it from a kid you know as a kid from a kid perspective you know growing up my thing was basketball so if you ever told me hey you know we need to go get better at x y and z it was simply let me get in the gym let me either get stronger so let me go lift some more right or let me get into the on the court and let me just get my reps and let me just get a million reps you know and again that level of intention awareness not really being behind what i was doing but it was just like it was like this program mode of just go in and run myself into the floor so i think that we build this 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 certain set of standard in our head that if i got to want if i want to get better at x i need to do y simply put you know what i mean and and that's been since a kid right and so what ends up happening is that that standard has been set with us and then when we get into a different realm you know now that things are evolving now that people you know we're learning more about the body now that you know there's places like the honored academy and there's things like durability you know and there's restoration training you know these things are kind of like ah sounds a little hippie <laughs> you know to say it sounds it sounds a little out there you know what i mean and and as well as I can, you know, I, okay, cool. Yeah. I need to mobilize more. Yeah. I know I'm tight. I know I feel tight sometimes. Like I feel that there still isn't this, this sense of value surrounded around, let me take care of my body. Because again, I don't think people see the big picture of optimization. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't think they see the big picture of, you know, what is physical preparation? You know, what is, what is, what is sport preparation? Because I think what it is, is this big, like I'm an athlete we lose a human being, right? Uh, we, and, and, and this is something that I tell people all the time. It's like, if you want to be the best athlete and you're a halfway human being, you're effed. You know what I mean? You're, then you're going to be about 75% of your potential. And it's crazy to think about it, man, that there's still people out there, these professional athletes coming out there that are maybe at like 50% of their potential and they're still pro bowlers. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're still like starting on their team for like the last 10 years, still going at it. And I, and, that freak, I mean, they're freak shows. Let's put it that way. They're freak shows and they can get away with it. You know what I mean? And the unfortunate part, though, is that at some point, you know, breakdown does occur. Something bad happens, you know what I mean? Out of our control sometimes. And it's like, you know, those are the times, honestly, man, where I kind of see all eyes. It's like, okay, whatever you were telling me before, I know I kind of just brushed it off. Like, whatever it is now, I got to do it. Because mm. if you be honest with it, to be honest with you, if, if you ask me, well, who are the people that come in the most? It's one, you know, the people that are hurt. Right. And it's because they're like, well, fuck it. I need it now. Mm-hmm. There's no more like, eh, no, it's like, if you don't do this, I don't get paid. You know, they, they see the simple equation now, you know what I mean? Um, and I think with, with the, another group of people that would, that would really buy into it because I do have, I don't want to knock it and say all athletes because I do have, you know, a group of maybe like two, <clears throat> two or four athletes that are very much bought into the process. And I think that just comes with a greater level of awareness that and, and ownership that they take over their lives. Mm. I think that, you know, those guys, they understand, they see that, hey, you know what? Again, at the end of the day, if I don't get the most out of my body, you know, I am I am not the best player on the team. So I need to maximize what I'm doing in my training, in my offseason. I need to pick up those little tools that everyone, you know, is doing on the low, on the hush. I need to pick those up. And I need to start implementing them now because that's going to give me the upper hand in season six and season seven. You know, when people are starting to decline, I'm barely peaking. You know what I mean? Oh. And I think I think that's what I think, at least from from my perspective, you know, in my 
two and a half years now of doing this at on it and working with these athletes in the combine and going back and forth, meeting, conversing with them, kind of just picking their brain. I would say within the last six months, six to eight months, I've really taken a dive into like, well, why? And, and not from a judgmental perspective, but like, why don't you want to do it? And I make sure to kind of put it out there that it's like, hey, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to report to your coach. I'm not going to, I mean, you're a grown, you're a grown man. Like you don't got to really report to anybody. Technically, you just be honest with me and be upfront about me because I want to know how I could better serve you. And that, Cause that's what it's ultimately all about, right? If I could better serve you and bring more value into your life, the second you feel it, you'll understand it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like what we talked about at the durability, sir, right? It's like, yeah, we can see, we can observe, we can see, but until we feel it, until we internalize it, then a whole nother perspective kind of comes about and you're like, okay, I understand. I understand where this is. Who stuff is going now. You know, it's, it's like for me that I, I've taken the blinders off and now all of a sudden mm. I, I call it high performance hippie. You know, it, <laughs> I, like it's, it. <laughs> I, I got, I got this whole new game that I'm playing. I have, mm. I have a new body at 33 mm-hmm. that I'm, mm. I have all these different skill sets that I'm working on that has nothing to do with how much I can lift, but yeah. still I'm able to output so much. And something that y- you really hit hard on, which I love is the ownership piece. And it's so unfortunate that athletes have to hurt themselves before they take yeah. ownership of the body. And yeah. a lot of athletes t- take a lot of the incredible skills that they have. Like, you know, the amount of times that I see guys that can jump out of the gym and all they're still working on is jump training. It's like, Dude, you got the jump. <laughs> yeah. Like, have a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> who's who's in charge of preserving your jump and then working on yeah. the rest of your game? Yeah, you know. Yep. And it's yep. you know, find a strength, and all you do is focus on that. Like, there's all these incredible tools. So, let's shelf that. I'm I'm getting hot and heavy over durability, mm-hmm. but I want to yeah. come back. Yeah. I want to I want to talk about the 13 year old Christian Plasencia. I want to yeah. I want to get into the the young the young gun. Talk to me about where you grew up, what you're up to as a kid, because a part of this conversation is is really talking about the multi sport athlete, the athlete mm-hmm. that plays different disciplines, doesn't yeah. early specialize. So talk to me about you at 13 years old. So it's funny you say that. That was me at a young age. Like all I played was basketball. You know what I mean? And that's that's all I did. You know, if I did a summer camp, it was a basketball summer camp. Mm. You know, if it was we're taking a vacation, and I mean this, we my family went to Hawaii for ten days at the Grand Willaley, like the huge, amazing resort. And I said no because I had a JV basketball game. Like I was into. I was into it, man. The same way I, you know, I'm very passionate about what I, whatever it is I'm doing, whether it be the precision nutrition, whether it be the CSCS and preparing for that. It's like I'm in, you know what I mean? Like I am deeply devoted into what I do. So, you know, as a kid growing up, man, I, I hurt myself, of course, playing basketball. It was like a, a ankle sprain um, when I went to physical therapy for the first time. And I was exactly 13 years old at the time. Hmm. Um, and I just kind of was sitting there on the, on the waiting table and kind of just looking around. And I was like – I would love, because it reminded me of the weight room, right? I was like, I would love to like work in this capacity, you know. And there's a couple guys doing, you know, more performance training. There were a couple guys doing the PT work, and I was like, you know what? I want all this. Like, this is what I want right here. And uh, uh, luckily, at the time, my mom was really close friends with the owner of that physical therapy spot. Uh, his name was John John Faramon out in Salinas, California. Amazing guy. And he he really sparked my interest to become a physical therapist. So mm. when I was 13, 
you know, I remember looking online and just looking like up physical therapy books, looking up anatomy books. And that's just kind of like what I did. Not ever like I always told myself that I had great parents. I had great, they were great mentors for me and, and, and te- uh, teaching me that, you know, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So don't get caught up with the fact that like, God, I got to know every bone. The, like, dude, you're 13. <laughs> Chill out. You know what I mean? Like there's going to be tough. That's why you go to the school. Don't worry. It, it'll happen. So, you know, that's really what sparked my interest, man. So I want to say, you know, by the time I was like 16, you know, graduating high school. Yeah, I was 16. Yeah, I graduated 16, 17 in high school. I had like already like almost three to 500 hours of, uh, of PT intern like experience. No way, man. Yeah, I, wow. I know I probably shouldn't say this, but I want to say I even like – got to be an assistant, you know, the assistant that basically work out the people and do the exercise the PT mm-hmm. requires. I was doing that like in high school about to graduate. And cause we you know obviously a great relationship with the, with the owner, but uh, I had a really from now, my perspective now, I didn't have a great understanding of it. But at that point I understood what each exercise was looking for. I understood the little subtleties of little things that were going on. Never, about how the whole body interacted together, but just how piece by piece what we were looking for with each exercise, right? Um, so I did that. I went to, you know, of course, play basketball all through college, or uh, sorry, all through high school. And then by the time I went to college, um, my biggest thing was, okay, I'm, it's pretty set. Like, I'm going to become a physical therapist. So at that point, I went to school out in Southern California, um, not at SC. Everyone always thinks when I say that, oh, you went to USC. I, w- I wish I went to USC. <laughs> I went to a small Cal State school out there, man. And and uh, in the beginning, my first two years, they didn't have my major. So I was a bio major. And uh, anyone who's a bio major or a chem major, I respect the shit out of because I couldn't do that, man. I, you know, I took I took my two years of basic uh, bio, chem, physics, and that was tough. That was, that was really hard. But it made me realize, like, you know what? I don't, I think I need to kind of switch it up here. You know, I really want to be around like a motor, a motor, you know, motor or coordination class. I want to be in a motor planning class. I want to be in a prescription class. Like I want to understand like what is, you know, training and what is the body. So I I transferred out to a school that was like five miles away. Another uh, great university, Cal Lutheran University, finished out my two years there. And and the whole time I was interning uh, at a physical therapy clinic, a great guy who really introduced me to fascia. And like, you know, anatomy trains and like the body interacting and, and more importantly, the holistic approach of a human, you know, the nutrition aspect, you know, the the mental and, and the emotional aspect of like when people are coming in, right? The interconnectivity of how things interact with each other, right? And that's what kind of – and of course, you, as you can imagine, when me being in college, I was like sitting there coming from this clinical physical therapy background where I was thinking X is happening. We got to do Y. There's no questions. X is happening. We got to do Y. You know what I mean? The shoulder, okay, grab the band and do this exercise. So to me, it really put me on a limb because it made me have to really critically think about a situation. And if you ask me, man, honestly, why I really went into this this whole like field, yes, it was the, you know, the background of playing basketball and that just interests me. But it was the black and white, or at least what I thought was the black and white of everything where, Hey, I can't mess this up. Mm -hmm. This, this guy's coming in with this. All I have to do is this and it'll be fine. Everything's off my hands after that. Uh, little, little, that never happens. Put it that way. That never happens anymore. (laughs) That never happens anymore. But it's because, you know, that, that man, his name was Dan Kinney. He put me on the path of like, Hey man, there, you got to take ownership. Like you, there is no more of just X and Y. Like you got to like dive in deep. And that was the first time where I thought to myself, I was like a senior in in, uh, in college. I was like, you know what? 
you know, in interning in the in the weight room with like the um, with the volleyball team, and I want to say like some of the track and field team, and running like a research project at the same time with the football team. I was like, you know what, all this clinical stuff that I'm doing is great. You know, I love seeing you know, the you know all the things going on from the clinical, and then and then getting into the like the weight room. But I think I can affect more people day to day with. Side and the clinical side, the clinical side, just like the, and this is not to bash anyone on the clinical side because I respect, I respect anyone who's doing that. I respect anyone, you know, who's able to put their head down and work and, you know, towards their craft. But, uh, for me personally, I feel like I could affect people the way I wanted to more on the training side. So it was like, at that point, I was like, you know what, I'm going to apply to PT school still, but I'm going to also apply for more in my, my grad school and go to more exercise physiology and kind of go that route. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, so I, that was the point. Once I graduated college, I met John Wolf. He had been, my mom, you know, was his second client ever. You know, John Wolf. Yeah, we, we go way back, man, back to Salinas, California, where we, where I was born and raised. Um, he started training my mom at a gold's gym. And so from there, like that relationship just built into like my mom, if anyone who knows my mom, man, she's type A, she don't, she don't mess around, dude. (laughs) She, she, she's like, you know, she basically hard on John and was like, Hey, you're going to go open up your gym. Like this isn't like a back and forth. Like, no, you're opening up your own gym. And that's kind of like how, you know, eventually obviously him putting in the hard work and, and, and the groundwork there in Salinas, that's how he kind of flourished into like the honor Academy, right. Was everything he did in Salinas, California and all the great for that community. Um, I was able to go and learn from him for about six months after, after college. And he's like, you know what, why don't you go ahead and come out here to on it? You know, I got into grad school at UT you know, I applied and got in. So thank God for that. And then he was like, come train, come and go to, you know, go to school, do the both and see what happens out here. And I think it was like two months into grad school, man, where I was like, you know what? Again, I love, you know me, I'm all about learning. I could read, you know, I could, I read books all day. Oh yeah. But it didn't seem like the right environment for me to, to flourish. It didn't seem, it seemed like I was taking almost like two steps forward with on it and then kind of like three steps back when I got in the classroom and then two steps forward and three. And it just felt like I was losing ground. I was losing value and relationships with a lot of people, you know, a lot of athletes and that at that time, at that point and still is at that point or at this point, my, my, my purpose, what I felt like was my, where I could bring so much value was to these athletes who I felt like, you know, again, I was never a D one athlete, but I can say I was almost in their shoes. You know, I was at a young age. I only played the sport. You know, they were obviously really good at it. I wasn't. But they kept going and going and going and going. And then next thing you know, they're like in the, the, the mecca. They're in the, the professional league now. And now it's kind of just like, well, you know, where do I go from here now? You know, I'm like, well, where is there to go now? I've been working my whole life to get to this point. And now it's kind of like, well, shit, I'm here. Now, how do I get the most out of it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so that's where I kind of saw, like, you know what? Again, no one's doing this intentional practice. No one's, you know, no one's doing this mobility. No one's doing this durability. No one's talking about this. But for me personally, when I started to incorporate it in my life, there are so many things other than the fitness thing. And the fitness, I can go on day for days about of why it's brought so much value into my life. But from a psychological and an emotional standpoint, I felt like a way more down to earth person. 
when I really embodied this in my training because it allowed me to feel what that felt like in my training, which I was always comfortable with. So now when I go into my everyday life outside the gym, I was able to still kind of connect with that feeling and what that felt like. You know, what did it feel like to work slow and with my breath and take one thing at a time? instead of being stimulated and going in a million, you know, in a million miles per hour. So that's, that's kind of like where I'm at now. You know what I mean? I've, I've had the, the opportunity of, you know, like you've kind of said to work with a lot of great athletes. I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of, you know, general population people who are just, you know, every day go at it. You know what I mean? Waking up at 6am, going to bed at you know 7pm with kids, you know, going to soccer practice, doing the whole deal. And, Honestly, man, I, I people tell me all the time, well, what is it so special about that? Like, what, what do you do with athletes? And like, dude, honestly, if you came to my 9 a.m. class, what I'm doing with them on a certain day, I'll probably do the same thing with the athletes. Obviously, tailored to a certain to a certain degree, but it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no secrets. There's no secret sauce. You know what I mean? There's there's nothing crazy going on that I'm like giving them some pill or giving them something on the side that's making them feel like well, this, this stuff's working. You know what I mean? It's, I think, you know, since, since a young age, um, just building relationships and being able to, to, you know, relate and talk to all different types of crowds of people has really helped me now. But, you know, again, I go from teaching a general population class with a bunch of, you know, I'm not going to say average Joes, you know what I mean? But compared to athlete, they're not in the performance realm, but then I go out into the performance realm and then, you know, 20 minutes later, I'm working with all these high level guys. It's like, it's the same principles. It's the same thing. You know what I mean? It's just learning how to turn the switch for different Love it, man. Well, could go a ton of different directions with it. So I'm going to pull you back throughout your childhood, throughout your progression, both in sport, Mm -hmm. playing ball, and then getting into the PT side of things, and then getting Mm -hmm. into the therapy side of things, and then all of a sudden fluctuating and and testing toying with on it or john wolf before that and then mm-hmm. on it which we'll we'll discuss on it mm-hmm. and its philosophies in a little bit you are leading one of the best movement practices that i've ever seen and that is the future of of recovery for athletes and non-athletes alike knowing that was there a moment in your career, an aha moment where you went, oh my God, how I have been trained or what I thought about either was was wrong or small minded. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. all of a sudden you see like that the <laughs> blinders coming off because I remember having a conversation with you about you were a jacked up basketball player, right? Yeah. Like you yeah. were training yeah, for exactly. ball, you're training for size. You thought the bigger you were, the stronger you were, the better basketball player you were. So you went through that. And was there a moment? Was there a realization? Was there a thought process where all of a sudden you just got this big ass up mental uppercut and, mm-hmm. and, and you saw the light? Yeah, man. To be honest, it was when I was in college. It was during Christmas break. It was the last Christmas break of my college career. Um, my mom asked me, she was like, dude, I've been asking you, you know, for two years. First of all, I can barely rem- remember her birthday, and I hate to say that, but I was really like, I'm te- I'm just terrible with certain things, man. I'm just, I mean, you know, sometimes I take like a month to respond on fucking Facebook Messenger. I'm I'm just terrible, but but you know, some of that has to do with me just fucking going a million miles per hour. But she asked me, come work out with John. Just come to the gym. You know, I always thought she did some type of like, you know. I don't know, like Jane Fonda type of stuff, man. I was like, I'm not trying to go in there, mom, and do mobility. Like, I don't want to do that type of She's like, no, just come. So I finally came, and it was John Wolf, 
and bro, I'm, I'm talking, what is a warm-up today was the workout, you know, then, and it beat my butt to the ground. And again, you know, I'm deadlifting for something. I'm back squatting, you know, up around the same thing. You know, I'm power to clean in 205. Like, I'm hitting it hard, right? I'm a little little 185, you know, 190, you know, 5'9". Like, I'm, 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 I'm feeling good about myself. You know, I feel like, oh, especially in college, you know, it's all aesthetic-based. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, dude, are you kidding me? I'm in the best shape of my life. And <laughs> it was hip circles, dude. It was shin boxes on the ground. I'm like, I'm drenched. And I'm sitting there, and I, I don't know if – I think some people can attest to this. The first time you do it, you're almost – I don't want to say first time because it could be first couple times. You get pissed. You're like, this stuff's so easy, and I can do so many more – I can one-arm snatch a damn you know, barbell, but I can't do a, this stupid little rotation movement on my butt on the ground. Like there's something and, – and some of it might just be like as a challenge, as a competitor. You're like, damn, I can't, you know, I can't complete this the way it's being asked. <laughs> But I think another way is, is almost like this internal awareness of like, hey, I should be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Like it's a little weird that I don't have access to this. And the fact that I haven't been doing it for so long is really frustrating me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it was. It was that realization. I remember I was doing a shim box and I stopped in the middle. I had my hands behind me. I was drenched and I was like thinking to myself, I looked around and there was maybe one barbell in his gym. And, you know, a bunch of little still clubs, still maces here, but there wasn't that much weight there. And I remember thinking to myself, like, my mom's saying this guy's this big guru and all these things, but he doesn't have a lot of weights in here. And, like, he's making me do these things that seem very elementary, but I can't do it. And I know for a fact that, like, and at that point, of course, I never stretched. I didn't do that thing. So I was tight. I was very, very bound up. And so it was at that point, and that's where it was more, I think it was more uh, emotional for me at that point because my training had always been centered around, I always remember this, getting out of a workout and going to like class in college, I always felt like I was always like, like on edge, just like sitting there, like nervous system jacked up, like, like still kind of shaking from the pre-workout, like, you know what I mean? Like that still that, that pump feeling. I remember that I always, I was always like on edge with certain things, man. And I felt like when I was doing those movements, I felt way more like just released and down-regulated and able to, if you ask me a question, you know, if I had to do an equation on the, on the board, a math equation, a simple one, I could do for you at that point because I was still thinking, I was still cerebral with what I was doing. Where in the past, I didn't have to be about what I was doing. I didn't have to become aware about what I was doing. So I think it was at that point where I was like, you know what? Like, why not? Like, why haven't I done this? Why haven't, more importantly, why haven't I even heard of it? You know, because it's one thing if we're like, I, I keep seeing that guy on Instagram or I keep seeing this thing on YouTube, but eh, looks a little gurish. I don't know yet. You know, I had never even seen a lot of this stuff, simple stuff. You know what I mean? And so I think that was the point, man, where I was like, you know what? That, that, that switch kind of flipped, you know, and, and I'll be honest with you. It's not like I went back and started doing this shit because I didn't. Mm-hmm. I still went back my last six months of school and, you know, kept repping it out the way I was doing it. But then once I finished up and then I took that six months of working at, at Wolf Fitness before I, I went to on it, it was just such a big eye opener, man. I was like, hey, I can get so much more. You know, with so much less, I don't need these weights. You know, I can slow myself down and maybe do a volume of like a hundred reps today instead of a thousand and get a greater effect. I can leave the gym feeling potentiated 
feeling like I worked in, like I fed myself energy rather than just throwing it all out on the floor. You know what I mean? I, I love uh, Paul Check says that, right? He's like the working in, right? Giving back and then the working out. Like that resonated with me. And that was like, you know what? That's what it is. That's the difference right there. We're all so worried about working out. We're, we, oh, we are only aware of the working out. And whenever I say working into somebody, they're like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah. yeah. I, I, like, I like the fact that you haven't heard of it because that makes me feel like th- that's the majority of people out there. They really, we haven't, we're not that aware. We haven't brought, we haven't been brought into that light yet, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Well, listen, man, you're, you're taking us there. You're taking us to the, uh, <laughs> Thank you, to the promised Thank land you. with, with that. And it, the working in peace, I think there's so much value in that. And, and for instance, today in the gym, you know, the amount of people that I see trying to punish themselves in the gym, they're trying to crank themselves. They, they're, they're hating themselves. They, they don't like the gym, but they know they have to do it. It's like, wait a minute, but what if you flip that around and you came into the gym and you trained to the extent of loving yourself, but yeah. exercises is to work inwards and to build yeah. capacity versus mm-hmm. this external piece that we're all chasing. So I'm with you on that one, man. The working in, oh, that's yeah. great. We'll, we'll dial that in. So if, yeah. evolving that into mm-hmm. you right now, as it stands, like what's your philosophy, man? You're seeing yeah. things that a lot of us are not seeing. You're at the pinnacle. We'll talk about on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. What's your current philosophy, man? What are you feeling? What's what's your gut on, yeah. on all things what's, movement what's and, and that internal and then the psyche too? Like what's going on in your mind? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, a, a big part of it, if you ask me, you know, what if you had to coin it with one word, you know, or one phrase, one sentence, you know, to kind of be at the very top of the of this descending pyramid, I would say it's all it's all centered around intention and awareness. Building more intention or building awareness through having more intention. You know what I mean? And that's that's about as simple as I can kind of put it. Um, And using tools like breathing, using tools like movement, right? Using tools like, again, taking a holistic approach like nutrition, you know, sleep, hydration, all then, you know, we can go on for days about all the other things that would, the factors that play into it. But it's understanding that, okay. You guys are taking care of, and when I say you guys, I, I say you know the, the, the strength and conditioning you know community is taking care of the performance and, and output side. Like we get that you're you're doing great, and you're probably going to like ninety percent of the potential. You're grabbing it, but what I feel like is missing is like, and again for an elite level athlete, for someone like yourself, you understand the difference between hey, I need give me that last half millisecond, give me that last half inch that I need on my vertical to get me, you know, to whatever, that last degree of external rotation. Like I want, if I can get it, if it means putting in an extra stretch or extra breath or whatever it is a day, I'm going to do that. You know what I mean? And I think that that's what it's really all kind of centered around. It's, you know, depending on if you're an athlete, depending on if you're a general population client, Again, the principles are going to stay the same, right? We still need to breathe. We still need to move with this certain level of intention and awareness and putting our body in positions that we've never been put in before, right? And and then, you know, looking a little bit deeper, it's like when people were like, why? Well, why is that the case? Why, why is that like part of your – why are you so big on that? And again, there is the the physical side of it, right? There's the physical adaptations that we can go on about for days. And that's normally kind of, you know, if you ask me when I go to like a strength conditioning, if I'm talking to coaches in that realm and, you know, in a workshop format like that, I'll speak to those things because that's that's the bridge that we can connect on, right? That's what they understand. They want to – the collagen. They want to understand all that stuff. And that's great. That, that, that brings so much value. Um, 
but for me personally, man, I think there's so much more that goes on within like the brain, you know, than that brain transferring into like who you are as a person from a day in and day out perspective. You know what I mean? It's like you're building new connections, new, you know, new, new neuronal connections throughout your brain. You're building new brain cells. Like you're putting your body in areas and, and having to critically think and having to solve problems with your body and with your breath. And like, there's, there's nothing more, there's nothing more rewarding from an individual to feel like, at least from my perspective, to feel like, Hey, I couldn't do something. Now I can do it. I'm on top of the damn world now. You know what I'm saying? Like, Hey, you want to do this? I can help you out. Come here. I can, I, cause I can speak from that perspective. I've been there where you are. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. Come over here. I can help you. I know what it means to get there. You know what I mean? And so, and I think that's, that's a big part because a lot of people are always like, well, oh, you probably have been born with this type of stuff. Like you were probably born, dude, if you came and watched me move and did like my durability session, you know, person by myself, I don't have the greatest range amount of motion. And I probably will never have, you know, the greatest hip angle when doing like a hip circle. And I don't, I don't really care about that because that's not really what it's about. Again, that's going more towards the performance and the aesthetic base. Like we're so stuck on a number. This is something that you got to, this is something subjective. This is something qualitative. This is something that like we feel and we just know with this internal sense. You know what I mean? Oh, again, big time. I very rarely go on that type of stream because you say, if you say that to the athletes, if you're saying that to a general population client, he's like, Dude, I'm just here to do my burpees. Or I'm just here to get my pigeon in, bro. Can we just can we just do the stretch so I can feel better? It's like, yeah, okay, that's that's where we're gonna connect. And, and again, I think if you ask me, the the movement thing, the movement perspective, the movement techniques, that's the bridge to to a lot of the things that are going on, mm-hmm. right? Because that's where a lot of people are so used to. We're used to, oh, he's in the fitness community. Honestly, if you ask me. I don't feel like a lot of the stuff I do is, I mean, yes, it's fitness oriented. That's the techniques that we do, the, the adaptations we elicit are very much on the fitness perspective, but like there's so much more going on, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The, the breathing stuff. I mean, when have you ever read an anatomy or physiology book that ever talked about breathing? Like I, I sure as hell never have, you know what I mean? And so it's like what, the, the stuff that kind of, again, that last 10% that we're trying to like ink out of our athletes or, you know, the, 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 the everyday rut, you know, that general population clients have of waking up tired and going to bed unfulfilled. And like, you know, obviously there's so many factors that go into it. But again, I think that if you can empower people and give people this sense of empowerment of, hey, I couldn't do something. I can do it now. Not only do I feel better because of that physically, excuse me, but emotionally and psychologically, like I feel like a different person. That's when people tell me that, man, that's like, okay, you got it. Like you're already on the path. You know what I mean? I don't, I can, I can help direct you now, but you got it. That same feeling that you're feeling that, that those same questions that you're answering, the same things that are popping up on a daily basis, you get it. And so just keep rolling with it because I, I can see it in someone because I feel like I've gone down that road. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've gone down that road of like, I don't know, just waking up tired, waking up pissed, just kind of like in this is kind of everyday rut of like, you know, yeah, I'm training, but like, what am I really training for? Like, yeah, I'm training for a higher numbering to get bigger and stronger, but like ultimately what the heck does that mean and why am I doing it? And I mean, I think you would attest to like not, not so many people even ask themselves that question every day is like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. People I feel don't ask the question, how do I feel? Like, how am I doing? 
And, mm-hmm. and then two, just to build on that, I think we're chasing mm-hmm. the high performance piece. We put this high performance piece on the pedestal. We're chasing the numbers. Mm-hmm. We're chasing the weight. Mm-hmm. That's then becoming the identity and we're perpetuating that in current culture of fitness and sport. But we've forgotten about the human being. Mm. And that's, mm-hmm. that's tying it back to you talking about we're building human beings. Like I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, bro. I'm with mm-hmm. you on the human capacity side. Like I want to train the, the hypothetical white light that's shining internally from that person, not necessarily yeah. how much they can pull off the ground. So I see you being lit up right now. You're, you're going on some mm. beautiful, beautiful tangents and mm. it means something, man. This movement mm. stuff means something to you and, and you can see how much impact you're making in the world based on how it's lighting people up. So I'm going to ask you something a little bit deeper mm-hmm. off the books here. Like, what do you stand for, man? Through, through, yeah. through this <clears throat> movement and breath practice, like when you're on the floor, what are you looking to share? What do you stand for? What, what do you want the people to yeah. feel? Because yeah. we're not like, we're going beyond movement right now. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, like, we're, yeah, big time. We're, we're, big time. we're deeper. Like, what do you stand mm-hmm. for, my man? I would say ultimately just taking ownership of your, of your vessel, taking ownership of your mind, taking ownership of your body, right? And and, and taking ownership encompasses a lot of things. It, it encompasses responsibility, encompasses, you know, hard work. It, it encompasses sacrifices, right? It encompasses things that make us uncomfortable, right? It's kind of like in the, the, the durability, right? Remember the three zones? We had the, un, the comfortable zone, the zone where, hey, everything's all right. You know, we're not really progressing. We're complacent. Things are cool here. Like things are easy here. And then we get into the discomfort zone. That's where real change changes happen right that's where we actually like maybe even start to like question shit like should i be doing this like is this this is hard this is tough and but that's spending more time there and learning how to become more comfortable there just slowly keeps pushing the 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 line it slowly just keeps nudging the line and i think you know at the end of the day that's that's what I'm looking to kind of get out of it is, is showing people that there's so much more out there. There's so much more inside, right? That doesn't have to be, you know, uh, 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 encapsulated by stuff outside. You don't need more of a weight. You don't need more of shoes. You don't need the more of the of whatever the heck you feel like you need more of that, that is ex- external. I'm here to say that you need that you have so much more. With so much less, with just just in your body, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So it's like, how can I tap into my body, you know? And it doesn't mean, and this is like a big part. Like it doesn't mean you got to give up everything you're doing. It doesn't mean like, okay, I'm never touching a barbell again. I'm never touching a weight. I'm never gonna go out and get drunk on a Saturday night. You know, it, it's not that, right? It's exactly what durability is, though. It's like, hey, we're gonna keep doing what we're doing. We're gonna keep playing our sports. We're gonna keep doing working hard as we as we normally have, you know. But it's building that level of awareness and tension that, hey, I know when things are starting to kind of get dialed down, I know when things are starting to break down, I know that I need to scale back, right? I know that I've been doing X and Y too much, so I need to scale back, you know, and you can you can apply that to every facet of your life, I feel like, you know, oh, yeah. training, obviously, that makes sense, right? Again, that's something that we kind of get, oh, your elbow's starting to hurt you, don't bench four times a week, you know what I mean? There's, there's it, people understand that, but I think from a, from a, a psychological and emotional standpoint outside the gym, I think that's where, depending on what type of person you are, you know, maybe that's maybe that's the realization that you need is like, hey, I've been working 16 hours a week, feel like crap, you know, I don't eat very well, I don't sleep, I don't see, if you have kids, I don't see my kids, you know, the relationships that I have with people are very shallow, it's like, 
why? You know what I mean? And, and, and what do I need to do, you know, to help that? And that, that's what I want to help. I want to be able to, to, you know, to prove someone when someone comes in to the gym, you know, for a private training, you know, I had a really, I, I love him, man. I, I love this client. He came in, you know, super high stress job. I'm talking like 20 hours a day. He's like that type of guy, you know, not sleeping very much, very high up in the executive job, you know, makes great money. Lives in a great area, great car, like everything, right? Everything that we think from the, the American dream, he had it. Like everything was in place. But for some reason, he came in every single day and was just mad, pissed, bad mood, tired, sick. Like there was always something, right? There was always something kind of going on. And for him personally, it's like, yeah, you know, of course he's coming in. I want to lose weight. Okay. And it's tough, right? Because you want to give them what they want. They're coming in, they're paying you for it, right? So it's like, okay, we can do some things to help you there. But ultimately, let me just show you how we're going to take like this five to 10 minutes right now before this class. We're going to do this breathing session uh, and then we're going to get out of it. And I just want to like, let's just see how you feel. You know what I mean? And then that's when the light turns on and they're like, I haven't felt like this. I don't think ever, you know what I mean? I don't think I've ever feel very clear headed. You know, I feel very like not stressed out. Everything I was basically feeling before I'm not feeling it right now. You know what I mean? And that's, that's the type of stuff where I'm like, yes, the, the physical, the movement stuff. I don't want to say that's easy because with each individual, it's going to be different. But obviously, you know, when I'm spending, you know, four to eight hours a day up in the gym, you know, working on the same craft, you obviously get some type of level of comfortability with it, mm -hmm. right? You understand when I see X, there's a couple of things that could be going on. Let me try to throw these at him. Cool, that worked. That looked like it worked. We're going to roll with this type of program for the man. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But everything else outside of the man, that's the stuff now that really is like really get me. And because that's where you're also going to see a great return on investment. We breathe for five minutes. For the last, for the next six hours, I felt super clear headed. You know what I mean? There's not there's not too many things that you can do, you know, from a, even from a fitness perspective that'll leave you feeling that good, you know, post training or post you know stimulus. So I feel like that's that's what I'm kind of standing for. But I also walk. Feel like I have to be very. Very, uh, of course, with like how much I'm actually putting that out there and talking about it on a big scale because I don't think people are ready for it. I don't think there's, uh, I don't think there's there's certain things that maybe heard it before. Oh yeah, I've read that in the book. We have heard some some life coach talk about that certain things, but it's like they're not they're not ready for it yet. And I understand that. You know what I mean? And being able to maybe it's not your time yet. You know what I mean? But as long as those seeds are being planted, then like. For me personally, that's that's. I feel like I've done my job there. You know, when the student is ready, the teacher will show up, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I, you know, hundred percent. You got you you nailed it. You just nailed it because if you've been redlining your life for the last five, ten, fifteen, twenty years, like take a few deep breaths. Give yourself some time for ten minutes, <laughs> yeah. you know. And yeah. and I, I'm going to share with yeah. you a, a philosophy of mine that I've been I've been toying with for the last few months is, and it's intention, integrity, intensity, and and we 
in this culture of instant gratification and rewards and, and external validation, we're looking and outsourcing to intensity right off the bat. And and we think that yeah. the juice lives in the intensity and, and to bring it back to sports and, and athletic training, like we're squeezing an area that at literally has got no juice left. Like if you're trying to squeeze yeah. more out of the S and C, if you're, if you're in the gym trying to squeeze more to the gym, you're looking in the wrong place, man. Yeah. The juice yeah. is yeah. not in the strength and conditioning room. That shows yeah. up and it's and it's so valuable, but it's the recovery piece. It's taking care of yourself. It's the human capacity stuff. And so mm-hmm. rather than try to flex out on intensity all the time, like let's change the intention just a little bit and build the integrity. And and I think that's what we're talking about is taking integrity. 100% into the body, into the mind, connecting into the breath. So I just want to ask you one question about the breath and then, and let's dive mm-hmm. in on it. Like, what are you, mm-hmm. what are you subscribing to right now? What are you practicing on the breath side? Cause I just did the art of breath in Las Vegas and it just blew my mind. It was fantastic. Uh, and it, it's, yep. it's really impacted the way I train and, yeah. and live. Where are you at with breath? Yeah. So it's funny. Uh, I just did art of breath, not this past weekend, but the weekend before. Uh, they came out here to Austin, Texas, and it was it was a great, just like you said, it was a great eye opener. Uh, um, that was my first formal kind of intro. I don't, yeah, we'll say first formal introduction to breath in a workshop setting. Uh, before that, I had you know listened to a couple podcasts. One was Brian McKenzie. The other one was uh, gosh, what's his name? Patrick McCown, McCown mm-hmm. who wrote uh, Oxygen Advantage. Yeah, yeah. So I, I finished up that book probably I want to say like a, a little bit less than a month ago. And during that time, you know, after those podcasts, I started just kind of throwing in some simple, you know, um, um, post-workout like decompressive techniques, right? Ways to kind of just, you know, use the nose more, you know, exhale a little bit slower, you know, learn how to really big, uh, build big, deep, like inhales through the belly. And that was something that, and thank God that's that, you know, uh, I work it on it and we have so many great like influencers coming in, but I want to say it was like Dr. Mark Chang. I don't want to say it was maybe like six months after I got there, he came in and just did a little session on just like being able to expand the diaphragm. So it was at that point I was like, I realized like, shit, I can't, I can't do that. Like, that's really, really weird. Like I, I'm a dominant chest breather. So I really like practiced that. And then it was like a year and a half later where then Brian McKenzie, oxygen advantage, art of breath. So now what it's kind of built into is personally for me, what I've kind of done is yes, I still have the decompression what I felt in college, right? Being so amped up after a workout, being able to down regulate and just do some long, you know, doing little breath holds, but that's a little bit more like sympathetic, right? But doing more just long, slow exhales and just working on controlling like the rate and not being so sudden with my inhales and exhales and holds and just letting everything kind of be real slow smoothing, right? Um, but then from a fitness perspective, and this is some of the application stuff that they did with the art of breath, right? Uh, they had us do like the, the skier deal, right? They had us on the skier and the rowers, and they had us going hard, I believe, for like, what, 20 to 30 seconds, I believe. And then it was like the specific cadences, right, of like the, you know, going in through the mouth, out through the mouth, into the mouth, and then like into the nose, out through the nose, and basically just being able to transition to hyperoxygenate the body, mm-hmm. getting it ready before like a super high intensity activity. I had never done it to that capacity. I had always done it, and this is something that I did, and then now my classes do is we will do like a so we do our open chain warm up, and then they go on their lap around before we start our class, and they do it all nasal breath. But going in with the intention of, hey, 
I know some of you run on the weekends. You're not going to be at a four mile pace, you know, a four mile pace right now. I want you to be like at a three or a four, and I want you to be able to hold that nasal breath the whole time. Obviously, some do, some have a hard time with it, but the people that have really embodied it, dude, you see a huge. They're like doing the whole workout like that now. Like they're coming some days, and I'm like talking, like, hey, how's it going? They're just like. Yeah, dude. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys talking to me? I can't, I can't talk in my workouts anymore because yeah, my mouth exactly. shut. <laughs> exactly. That's a good excuse, right? When you're in the gym and you don't want to talk to them, I'm just like, I'm, but it, the, the beauty of it, of it is I've taught a couple friends in the gym to do the same thing. So when I hop in, uh-huh. like, it's just like a point to the mouth and a point to each other. Like people are dialed in, but I, I believe it's the lowest hanging fruit. It's the lowest hanging fruit is the breath. No so, you know, that that's for another time. And, and I had a, a podcast. In fact, it was my second one with Rob. Wilson of Art of Breath. So people want to dive into that. It's there. I'm sure we can chat about that another time because the breath and movement is, is, it is one, the breath, movement, mind. Oh my gosh. The, the impact that it's had on how I live my life and, and my down regulation after my workouts is mind boggling. So let's pass on that. I want, I want to take Mm -hmm. the, the listener into the audit Academy. Yeah. What is the audit Academy dude? Yeah. The Honored Academy, I mean, it's its principles are, are based off of, which I believe to be super unique amongst any other type of, you know, strength conditioning, you know, gym or techniques or like, you know, programs out there is the longevity portion. So we place our, our principles to be on longevity and performance. And there's a reason that longevity is first before the performance side. So it's feeding into the fact that if we take care of our bodies for the long run, then performance will be optimized, right? And that's exactly what you had kind of been mentioning in terms of trying to, to suck that last, last little ounce of juice out of the performance side. It's like, we could do that. Probably only going to facilitate more and more injuries and, and more and more breakdown to happen. Or we can feel what it feels like to take, you know, three or you know two or three steps back. But ultimately, we're taking those two or three steps back, knowing that we're going to freaking jump 10 steps forward. You know what I mean? I mean, and I think that it's a hard thing for people to embody in the beginning because it's exactly that. I didn't just sweat, you know, my face off in this durability class, right? Um, I feel good. I feel like I can go lift, you know, some barbells or I can go lift heavy stuff right now. But it's teaching people like, no, 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 like, good. That that feeling of like feeling good, that's how you should leave the gym sometimes. And honestly, you ask me, like you should probably end almost every single workout like that. Granted, there's certain workouts where we want to push, you know, push that line, but we're not doing it on a weekly basis. We're not doing it on a daily basis, right? We're we're the intention, yes, that's all that's all there. And that that's a, a byproduct, but it's a byproduct of learning how to slow down. Mm. Right. And I think that, you know, people who come in and take my class, people who come in and take the durability class on top of just my workout classes, they understand that it's damn near the same thing. You're gonna leave feeling better than when you came in. And that's, that's always like my question. That was like, you guys feeling better than when you all first came in? Cool. We won. You know what I mean? You won today. And of course you have the certain people who are like, yeah, I feel great. I'm going to go lift right now. It's like, okay, you know, you go do you again. Cause when they're ready, they're, they'll, they'll, they'll listen. But there has been a shift in, you know, in the beginning, only being two or three people at a durability class at the Army Academy to now there's like, you know, eight to 15. You know what I mean? So now the the awareness for it, right, the feeling of building, so where people are like, you know what? I can understand why I would do this today. 
Yeah. You know, I can understand that. You know what? I could co push the line today, but I think I'm just going to go stretch and do my recovery class instead. And I think that's really what the Arnold Academy is all about. It's about, you know, being able to fully recover so that when we go in and we're doing our movement practice and our, and our resistance practice, it's teaching our body that we can do a squat and then we can do an intentional squat. We can do a lunge or we can do a rotational lunge, right? We can do a hip opener stretch, you know, a, you know, a very conventional one on the ground, or we can do it in a dynamic fashion that's got people moving and going and sweating and breathing to the point where it's like, you know what? Stretching is kind of like fun, like it's active and I feel good. You know what I mean? Or, hey, I didn't know I can incorporate my active recovery stretching, you know, in between my sets of squats. So it's like slowly without even them realizing it, it's giving them what they want, but it's also sprinkling in what the hell they need. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So that, that's, that's kind of like in, in the big scope of things. That is the Arnold Academy. You know what I mean? It's, it's a different, it's a different uh, approach to training. You guys are truly leading, leading a new era of, of training. And so, you know, from Joe Rogan being a part of it, Marcus Aubrey, John Wolf, Shane Hines, yourself. I mean, you have some of the best minds in, in forward thinking humanity. It is just an explosion of awesomeness. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. it, it blew yeah, my do. mind when we, when I walked in. Um, but beyond them, like who, who's coming to on it? Not, I'm not necessarily looking for name drops, but, like, mm-hmm, I want people mm-hmm. to understand that some of the best institutions, some of the best teams, you know, you're in Texas, you're in football haven, like some people are coming in to seek yeah. this knowledge because this is the future, right? Like you're working with some right, great athletes. Right. Like talk to me a little bit about the high performance culture that, that you guys are, are moving forward with on its sports. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, pretty recently, and I want to say in January, you know, we had just formally announced our, our partnership with Exos, right? And Exos just being huge in the sport performance uh, side of deals, right? And especially in combine and NFL preparation training, along with all the other sports, baseball, basketball, the whole deal. Um, you know, they, they take their, their preparation very, very seriously. And they have a great outline of how they like to prepare people and prepare athletes for their performance outputs. Um, you know, I think that us being, again, more of the longevity than performance, I don't want to say a butt's head because it definitely does a butt heads with extras. If, if anything, our education systems really line up, obviously different terminology, but the same principles. You know what I mean? And I think where we really fit into it is, okay, we understand the strength conditioning side, right? We can we can speak the language. We might not be as smart and as intelligent as you guys with those techniques. Uh, granted, I would say CJ, the head strength conditioning coach, at, he's, at he's it, bad. Pro- yeah, he's into it. He's yeah, bad. He's, he's a bad, he's a bad <laughs> man. I would never, I would never tell him that in person because you know what I mean. We got that type of relationship where we can't give each other too much props. But no, he's he's the man. He's super intelligent. He can speak that that language. But for the majority of us, we can understand. We can be in the same room. We can't contribute to that realm as much as they can. But for us, it's like, hey, we're doing everything else. You know, yes, it's the supplements, right? That make a big deal. But again, they, they supplement what is kind of going on already. Um, but it, it's the recovery. It's the movement aspect, right? And they have a high place in that, in their education and in their day-to-day preparation for, for their athletes. But they don't take a deep dive the way we do. You know what I mean? And it's the same way the other way around. We understand what's going on from a strength and conditioning perspective. 
but we don't dive down the accommodate resistance and the, you know, the five, three ones and the, the different training blocks. Like we can understand, we can speak it, but where we really feel like we can bring in value is the movement variability, right? It's bringing in, Hey, there's athletes, but let's not forget. We got to be humans first. Right. And we got to supplement the body the right way. We have to eat the right things. We have to sleep enough. We have to move enough. We have to move in the right planes enough. We have to put our bodies in these weird positions. And I think that I think besides our our big um, gosh, what, what's the word I'm looking for that our big kind of like our branding of on it and what on it is and the the coolness of it. I think that once they sat down and saw what we can provide from that aspect. I think that's what really where they kind of saw a lot of value coming in in the performance side of things was, hey, we understand that this is this is not the end all be all. We need to be a little bit more on everything else. You know, we need to encompass the whole, whole picture of a human being. And I think that's where, you know, we really fit into is like that other that other stuff that people normally don't speak to very much. You know what I mean? Totally. And and just to validate what you just said, Exos. I, I think they do they house Altus is Altus uh, out of their their training facility. I think I, be, I, think, I believe there's like there's like a couple at least right at least yeah. like in I could be wrong but I want to say like Arizona is one of them. I, I think believe, it's Arizona right? and, and the reason why I say that because Rob Rob Wilson of Art of Breath was running something there and I have a few different friends who who either educate there or have been there through camps and for the for the listener like that some of the fastest people on the planet train there so you know we're talking high performance we're talking very tuned athletes and for them to to partner with you guys only tells me one thing and it's the people that spend all their time in the top level of performance are starting to recognize that there's this space that mm-hmm. is now getting mm-hmm. bigger and bigger and you guys are leading that space. So that human capacity thing at the top edge of sport right now, man, now all of a sudden people are starting to realize it. So you, my yeah. friend, are also mm-hmm. leading that. So talk to me about what you have going on online. I know that you're, you're sharing videos, all kinds on, on movement. Mm-hmm. You're creating some programming. You have a platform uh, yeah. on a, either an app or a website that I think you're, mm-hmm. you're sharing. Like what is your brand and, and how are, are you yeah. educating people and bringing them into your journey? Yeah. So I think I kind of, I kind of break it into kind of two different categories. I feel like sometimes, and it's the athlete side, you know, and it, that's simply built around, you know, the athletes are constantly, you know, they're doing this, they've done the same thing their whole life, right? Early specialization. So it's like learning how to break that, learning how to, okay, there's some lost times. There's some, there's some patterns that you probably didn't spend enough time in. There's probably some simple movement patterns that you haven't done ever. So we're just simply going to incorporate those in your recovery days into your, you know, your stretching and mobility practices. And then we're going to simply make you feel better so that ultimately when you wake up the next morning, you're going to feel better and you're going to perform better the next day. And it's a continuous cycle, right? It's like I go through my preparation, I go through my workout, and then I go through my recovery, and then I go through my preparation. So it's like a constant cycle, right? And I think that for the athletes, that's like that's that's my that's my brand. That's like my value there. It's like I can warm you up, you know, when you're going through your sets and stuff. If there's something going on a little weird from a movement perspective, I can go over to the coaches and kind of just be like, hey, because you know, there's so many things going on in the weight room. Sometimes it's hard for the coaches to see the little subtle things. And because we have a team, I'm able to kind of specialize and 
okay, yeah, he's been, you know, he's been talking about his like, you know, right side QL for a while. His his right knee's caving in every single time he does a lunge. Why don't we just look out for some shit like that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think there's there's a continuum of like where I can add value there. But from the general population side, you know, in, in terms of like where, where where's my brand and where's my my my, my field kind of going into, and I feel like it's just simply. We're in a day of constant, like a uh, schedule and a routine, right? And this is constant. And training's the same way. Like you go in for an hour, and you think, like, okay, in this hour, I need to kill myself. But it's, you know, in this hour, how can I get? How can I maximize my body for for my ultimate goal? If your ultimate goal is I need to work sixteen hours to put food on the table for my for my kids and not be in pain or stress when I'm doing that, it's giving you tools that allow you to access that, right? So some of it's going to be movement, right? A hundred percent. But again, I think that's the, I think that's the bridge. I think that's the bridge towards the, the, the breathing. And then they're like, Hey, you know what? The movement stuff was awesome. I feel great. Hey, the breathing, like mentally, I've, this whole different world, like what else you got for me? And it's like, well, what are you eating? You know what I mean? Well, then how much are you sleep? And then it's like, okay, you built this system of value. Like, Hey, Everything Christian's told me so far has worked. Like, I might as well just try it out again. You know, I might as well just try this new thing out. He said to sleep for eight hours. I might as well try that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, and it's funny because we take it for granted because we're so in the field, but there's so much low hanging fruit that people just have no clue about. You know what I mean? And when that spark happens and that plug turns and they're like, I feel way better, it's over. Like, you, you've done it at that point. You know, you we've won, you know, at that point. So it's like, it's a, and I hate to piggyback off of on it, but I think that was one of the main reasons why I resonate with on it so much is that human optimization. It doesn't mean it's not human performance, right? It's not human aesthetics, right? It's human optimization and optimization doesn't happen without the whole, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's it's very easy to be like, well, yeah, I would do everything, you know, but, but really trying to like center down. Like I really think that the breath and the movement are kind of like my calling cards. I think that, you know, what can I, what I can provide, each individually by themselves as a standalone is awesome. And then when we can kind of start to bridge both of them together with the breathing and the movement practice incorporated into the same thing, and you got a little taste of that at durability, that's where I feel like that's the game changer, man. That's the stuff where like you can't – reading someone's – you know their, their body language when they get done coming into a session and leaving a session, I, I love that, man. I could see it. I could feel it. You know what I mean? I think that's, you know, that's why I, like you would kind of mention, I'm providing services like my online app, like my online app right now, right? Where it's like, hey, you know, my last, I'll put up, you know, 10 workouts and the last 10 workouts will basically stay on there for people to uh, to go through, you know, and every so often, every two or three days, I'm putting on a new workout and they just keep cycling, you know, and those workouts are all centered around, you know, less of like, hey, let this beat you up and be your main workout for the day because they, they, they could be, and that's what I kind of say in the, in the workout write-up, but I'm going to go ahead and assume that this is just going to supplement what you're doing for now. Mm-hmm. So all this is is supplement work until you realize how good this makes you feel, until you realize that I want to do more stuff that's centered around this and then let everything else just kind of be a bygone after that. That's that's the reason I'm kind of putting out the app. And then obviously now I'm slowly starting to build out like, you know, these more comprehensive four week mobility programs. That's going to be the kind of next thing that I'm kind of working on now, you know, teaching workshops of just simple joint by joint, you know, mobilizations, things we can do to have a better warm up, things we can do for intraset recovery, things we can do for post workout, for you know, and so on so on it's on endless and on and bro on, it's endless yeah. Yeah. yeah you know what i mean it's, it's really endless after that man 
Beautiful. Well, you're you're doing humanity a huge favor, and I think you, the the culture of training fitness air quotes is starting to realize that there's more out there than intensity mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. The, the breath I believe is so huge and, and you've already convinced me on durability. I experienced it for myself and I've been playing it with for the last year and my body's showing up differently now. Um, it's the future. And I, I just want to add, like if you have a, a, an active practice, like check Christian's Instagram out. We'll, we'll drop it in a little bit. Um, so you got so many great movements. You do such a great job of articulating it and, and making sure that people know why and, and, and how, and really it's mm-hmm. just movement, man, daily movement. Hell I think yeah. we're, we're at yeah. a point now yeah. with society where we're conforming to our environment so much. And that environment is a seat is a chair. And and every single day, I I believe that we're moving a little bit below zero. And so we're no longer necessarily starting at neutral. We might be starting at a minus five. And so we kind of need a separate practice that will bring us back to neutral before we attack the day or to offset Mm. our lifestyles. And then now we're starting to see culturally, people are just going for that intensity bit from a minus five and we're getting in trouble. Yep. So, so I agree with that 100%. It, it's it's really I, I'm seeing it every single day and the more people I talk to more there, there's validation to support that. So, you know, maybe one thing that you can mm-hmm. just share if people have made it through the last hour and 10 minutes, thank you so yeah. much, but you know, yeah. one one thing that you experienced or have experienced some positive results with, something that you can share over the airwaves here that that could help facilitate a, a positive change in somebody's life. Yeah, I, mean, I think, you know, as we shouldn't, we should, we shouldn't get caught up in the, the day to day win, because, you know, with this type of training, it's not like you're going to go home after one session and be like, Ooh, I'm more mobile, you know? Oh, I'm bigger, you know, bigger chest or whatever it may be. Right. Oh, I don't, you know, I, I'm less stressed. Some of those things will happen. You know, some of these days we'll get done with the practice and like hips feel great. Mind feels good. Everything feels good. But, you know, look at it as a, as a process, right? Understand that it's a process. It's just like anything else that happened, just like we adapted and we are where we are today. Like everything was a process, right? Each individual day by itself didn't, you know, didn't amount to something amazing. But when you added all the results, you know, of months and years and a lifetime of, of hard work and intention, you know, that's, that's where true change happens. And without you even realizing it, you know, I, I appreciate so much, you know, your, your, your feedback to me and saying, Hey, you're doing great things. But I'll be honest with you, man. Like I, I, I kind of get that. A little, I hate to sound cocky, but I get that a lot, mm. but I don't. And this is one of my things I've been working on. I like, I don't realize it. You know, as much as I try to tell people sometimes like, hey, you got to slow down. You got to be able to like understand where you are, being intentional, being aware. Like I'm aware that I am doing things that are different. I'm aware that, you know, things that I'm doing are maybe to some people aren't all there yet for them. But I don't think sometimes I really understand that like, yeah, like what I'm trying to change in people is like it's been a process for myself and it's something that I built up to and to, you know, tell people that like, hey, you're going to become more mobile in a week. I'd be lying to you if I told you that. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe to a certain extent, depending on what type of body and how you adapt. But ultimately, it's a process. You know what I mean? And understanding that, like, building your equation, building your process, and then just buying in every single day, because ultimately, that's that's where the fruit, that's where the real fruit's gonna come, right? Mm-hmm. Without even realizing it, 
things like this happen. You know, you get asked to come on a podcast, you connect with great people. And so it's just, it's, it's, that's the beautiful part of all this stuff, man, is that it's, it's taught me how to trust the process. Oh, it's so good, dude. It's so yeah, good. It, it, yeah. You know, it, it, it's unfortunate that current society has really placed this need for validation and we're, we're in this trap for, for momentary validation. Social media is a huge part of that. We're, we're all in that system, but do we, we forget how good we're supposed to feel in three months? Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't show mm-hmm. up every single day and every single minute. And so, you know, freeing yourself from seeking that validation or needing that immediate return on my investment, mm-hmm. the body's not like that. No. You know, the body, mm-hmm. the body, it's the long game. Like I, I referenced my <laughs> girlfriend yesterday, like I, I want more than 70 years on this planet from now no. moving forward. Like how, how am I going to show up when I'm 70 years old? You know, 40 years from now, I want to be able to be a boss and play with my kids and potentially grandkids. Like those are the things that aren't sexy. No one's being sold that. Yeah. No, it's the the Mm -hmm. most easily forgotten about thing. So I, I want to first and foremost, just say like, thank you so much for the guidance and leadership that you you've given me from afar, whether you know it or not, like you're, you're on the edge, man, you're leading Mm -hmm. it. You know, I, I, I appreciate that. You know, I, I see you now moving to the mastery level that not a lot of people on this planet are at. You're thank you, man. You're you're taking it to another level, and you know, I, I now I look at you and go like, I see Edo Portal ask of a, creating a movement, but like yeah, 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 yeah. your self mastery moving on to sharing that mastery with other people is huge. So it's it's game on, man. And so for you to not necessarily realize it, it's all good because you're head down making moves. Yeah, yeah. Hundred percent, man. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate that, Martin. Thank you yeah. very much, man. Yeah, my my pleasure, dude. And I got like a contact at IMG that I want to introduce you with. So I, IMG, yeah. I think there there could be a really nice crossroads between the movement oh, stuff yeah. that you're doing about building the human capacity, um, and and just also as we enter this new age, and this is something that I'm really trying to bring forward through the off ball movement of podcast is, is the sports specialization and, and kids are now specializing and committing to one sport so early that, that they're losing their childhoods and their bodies yeah. are wearing out at an unprecedented mm-hmm. rate. So everything that you stand for just lights me up, dude. Thank you. Thank you so much, Martin. I appreciate you, man. <laughs> Same here too, bro. I mean, obviously people like you that are at putting this stuff out there and wanting to get it to the forefront. I mean, that's huge. That's the first that's the first way that people are going to become aware of it. Right. It'll be the seeds that are just simply planted, you know, and, it, and it's practices like this, man. It's, it's podcasts like this. It's intentions like this that are that are helping that that kind of develop into this world. So thank you, man. I appreciate that. hundred percent. So what is your social media status? Like what, yeah. what do you have for for an address there and a website so people can check you out? Yeah. You've got some great stuff that I that I hope people are going to dive into. Definitely. For now, my, my Instagram, right, is going to be a C-R-I-S-T-I-A-N. So Christian without an H, so then it'll be an underscore. And then, uh, pl- shit, is it G Placencia? Damn, I don't even know my own name. It'll be in the show notes. It'll be in yeah, the, it'll show be notes. the show notes. It's Christian, yeah, underscore Placencia or, or, or underscore G underscore Placencia. And yeah, I'll make sure to shoot over that stuff so you can put it up in there. But uh, yeah, that's the best way to kind of stay in contact with me. I'm the same thing on my Facebook. It's just Christian Placencia. Um, people can find me on there. 
my website, I have a website now, but I'm in the process of actually switching over to a different platform just so I can kind of start to provide those online programs through there. Um, so as long as you follow me on social media, I'll be able to keep everybody in the loop, you know, with being able to uh, stay on top of that. Beautiful. Well, let's end it there. Stay online. We'll hook up after this is done. But thanks so much, dude. I, I hope there's a lot uh, that people can get from it. I, I know there is, but when the student is ready, the teacher shows up, right? <laughs> <laughs> Amen, man. I love that. Okay. Thank you so much, Mark. Yeah. Cheers, Christian.